the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Welcome to the Maslow Pete Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. I'm your host, Brett Griffin, and our guest today is Leah Basil, Mayor Pro Tem of the great city of Lake Forest, California. Leah and I have known each other for a few years, and I was excited to see her successful campaign for city council. Uh, we're having a barbecue at my house right now, so if you hear some little kids running around, that's just our kids. Um, it's also that one week a year where it's 95 degrees for a week straight, so I am not turning the air conditioner off, so... If you hear a little bit of hum in the background, that's just us keeping cool and uh, not sweating everywhere. You can find out more about what Leah is trying to do by searching A Better Council for Late Forest on Facebook, and you can learn more about our great city at lateforestca.gov. Leah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So first question, what does a mayor pro tem do? The mayor pro tem is kind of the vice mayor of the city. So when the mayor is unavailable to perform particular functions, that's when I step in and, and help him take over. Um, so it can be anything from presiding over meetings. It can be doing uh, grand openings for, mm-hmm. for the city. The big scissors with the ribbon. Yeah. Do we have some of those big scissors? <laughs> yes, we do. Awesome. And they're fun to use. <laughs> awesome. And so, how about city council in general? Give us a brief overview of what a city council member does. Uh, city council, we approve contracts, you know, kind of the boring stuff, the administrative things to keep the city running smoothly uh, for tree trimming, street maintenance. Uh, we also write ordinances depending on the need, what's going on in the community at the time. For example, we're currently writing an ordinance to switch to district elections for the entire city. Okay. So that's a, that's a really big deal. And those are the kinds of things that we do. Okay. What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> when I was little, I wanted to go to France and teach English. Okay. Um, I was originally, when I went to school the first time, I was a foreign language major, majored in French and Spanish. And life kind of threw me a, a loop and I ended up somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> so I ended up changing my major later on and became a, got a bachelor's in organizational leadership from Chapman University. Okay. Ended up becoming a pharmaceutical sales rep. Okay. I've, I've actually worked for Fortune 500 companies. I've done sales. I've done administration. I've done management. I've just the kind of the gamut over like 20 years. All the way to local government. All the way to local government. Okay. Was there a moment or a specific instance that you realized local government was something you wanted to be involved in? Yes. Um, you know, I was, when I, when I had my first son, I became a stay-at-home mom. It was my husband and I, our mutual decision that I'd stay home. But I still wanted to be involved in things, and so I joined the local board for my HOA. Well, while I was president of the HOA, the city was doing a major redesign of a road that went through my community in Portola Hills. The road is Saddleback Ranch Road. If you Google that name of that street, you'll find all sorts of articles written about it. I've seen some of them. (laughs) Yes. So because the road was poorly redesigned, 
I was going to the city council meetings and asking the city council to consider, you know, fixing the road because it was becoming extremely dangerous to drive on. And for several months, I was going to every council meeting and I wasn't getting any leverage. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, that's when I realized that there were some things that I felt were kind of broken in the city that, that we could do better. I decided to issue recall papers to three members of the city council who decided they didn't feel fixing the road was important. And what I was told was impossible uh, happened in two weeks. We got into focus groups with all the, the key leadership and all of the HOAs up in our community. We came to negotiations. We re we modified this road and it came before the council two weeks later for approval to fix. Mm -hmm. So after that, the, the recall the first recall went through and, and got to the registrar voters. We didn't have enough signatures for validation. And it was at that point that I was just going to walk away from everything. I thought, well, you know, I, I definitely did what I came to do. I got that road fixed, and I, I know I saved countless lives doing that. Mm -hmm. But then as the, we were progressing through the recall process, people kept telling me, you're the kind of person that we want to lead the city because you actually show that you care and you're, you want to do things for, the, for our community. Mm -hmm. And I was really reluctant because, you know, here I'm a stay-at-home mom and I, you know, I, I had chosen where I wanted to be. But then th this thought kept coming through my mind and the thought was, bad things happen when good people do nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided it was time for me to run for city council. Okay. So what's a basic daylight executing your official duties on the city council? Well, the neat thing about the city council is it's what you make it. You could turn it into a full-time job or you can, you know, be really part-time depending on where you are. I'm fortunate because I am a stay-at-home mom. My schedule is extremely flexible. So I'm able to do grand openings in the mornings, afternoons, nights, whatever the case may be. Um, I field calls from residents on a regular basis, check in with emails. I'm also uh, one of the board of directors for the Orange County Fire Authority. Okay. So I do those meetings with with all, 23 other local cities mm -hmm. who have the fire contract. Um, I also am one of only two council members who have ever had office hours. Okay. So I go to the city every Monday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon where I will see residents, meet with city staff, field phone calls, do all sorts of things there. I love going there to the city at those times because that's when the seniors are there. And the seniors <laughs> are so much fun. <laughs> all right. I imagine most of these phone calls and most of these office hour meetings are people that want things fixed or want things to change. So how do you decide which problems to tackle? How do you decide which problems you're going to go to bat for? That's a really good question. It's difficult when you're a fresh council person because there are certain people in the city that go to the new council people because they know that you know that they're excited and they're eager and they want to fix things so I think as a new council person it was very difficult for me to be able to separate what was things that I needed to do and the things that I needed to help have the city staff delegate that to them mm -hmm. so I think I'm finally at that point where I'm really understanding what my role is and I've learned that well I'll take information when a resident contacts me and now I know the right people at the city so that we can actually get progress made mm -hmm. so I drove by Village Pond today. Looks like there's a lot going on there finally. Yes, that was one of my key things that I wanted to get done when I ran for, for city council was to get Village Pond Park fixed. We used to live right outside there and it was always a mess. And uh, 
distrusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually lived out there for a period of time too, um, in the late nineties, early two thousands. Okay. That was my favorite park. I loved going there watching the turtles swim and but it just became such an eyesore over time. All right, for the listeners that don't know, Village Pond is this park in Lake Forest that's nice little pond and some shady benches and stuff, uh, but uh, about 70 different geese live there. <laughs> More than that. And are always there, always pooping everywhere. And uh, if you've never seen geese poop, it's disgusting. <laughs> and despite the many signs that say, do not feed the geese, uh, people show up with popcorn and bags of food to feed the geese. They do. And I actually have a very funny story. Uh, Michael and I, my husband, Michael, we've been married for almost eight years. One of our very first dates where we were just getting to know each other. I thought, hey, what a great idea. Let's go to Village Pond Park and sit there in the <laughs> evening together and we'll talk. So we brought a blanket and we laid it out on the grass and, you know, we chatted. Had a very you found some clean grass. <laughs> well, it was, it was kind of dark, so we didn't know until later. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we had to throw the blanket out. I, mean, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I saw that coming and it was still nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it is cool though seeing the turtles, the little turtles swim around and they climb up on the rocks and jump off and it's a it should be a cool little part. So Yeah, and the great thing also, um, not only with this remodel with Village Pond Park, which I'm so grateful that we're finally doing, we were able to change the name to Village Pond Park. Okay. It's now going to be Veterans Park. Oh, okay. And so now we are going to actually have a, a memorial, an area where you can we'll have a memorial for veterans and they're gonna rename the park and they're gonna have a big ceremony about it. And I think it's great because we have so many military families in the city and to tie it in and to give honor to our veterans at the same time give mm -hmm. them a beautiful new park i think it's just it's going to be really great awesome and when i saw you at the park by my house a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. that kicked all this podcast stuff off mm -hmm. uh there was a there's a swing set for the little kids that does not have any shade. And I said, it'd be nice that we have some shade. And you said you had an update about that. Yes, I do. Uh, I spoke with city staff and we are actually getting a shade structure over the, the little swing set in that area, hoping it'll be done by spring. Awesome. Awesome. So did I cut in line of some other projects you were working on or? No, actually you didn't. It was on their list already. Oh, okay. And okay. with that, with that phone call, they there saw that it was very important and we got, finally got an ETA on it, which is great. Awesome. Anything else you're working on right now? Uh, yes, working on a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, first of all, like I said, I'm, I'm on the board of directors for the Orange County Fire Authority. So our for those that don't know, our fire chief just uh, suddenly resigned for the, in, for the entire county. And so we've gone through the process of trying to appoint an interim fire chief for to cover while we find an official person. We're going to do a full recruitment process. Okay. So I've been kind of busy in meetings with that recently. Um, also... Um, let's see, we did Village Pond Park. Mm -hmm. That was a, a big issue that we wanted to get that done. Um, a couple of things, uh, we're writing an ordinance for district elections, which I mentioned. Right. That's, that's actually a really, really big deal because um, we were served a um, demand letter from a law firm, and this is happening all throughout this, the state. And he said that um, we are disenfranchising certain members of our community by not having district elections. And if we don't go to district elections, we could end up being sued and litigation costs could come up to upward to about $7 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a really big deal. So we're right now in the process of doing public workshops so that people can help to draw the lines of where the districts are going to happen. And they were expecting it to be implemented um, for the 2018 election. 
Okay. So be on the lookout for that. We've just written some uh, ordinances about transitional housing, which includes Airbnbs, sober living homes, and any kind of transitional housing that's not uh, currently um, mandated through the state of California. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for a lot of residents because transitional housing like Airbnbs, when you have people coming and going in your community all the time, we're the, we're just renting your house. Those renters don't tend to take pride in the community as homeowners do. And so we end up with more noise problems, more parking problems, you know, traffic problems. So this was something to make sure that our community stay beautiful Mm -hmm. and orderly and people are happy living where they're living. So there's some really big things that we've just done. It may not sound like a a lot, Mm -hmm. but those are some very important things that we've just accomplished. All right. What's your philosophy on local government? What's the platform you're standing on? What, how do you think we can make our city great? Well, I think the most important thing is to have an ear to the residents. When local government stops listening to the people that they're governing, that's when everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how I got elected. I mean, I, I think I broke records for the city for number of votes cast. I think I was about 14,000 votes this last election. It's a huge number. And the reason why I point that out is because my message during the entire election was that very thing, putting residents first, mm-hmm. being transparent, being accountable. You know, if we're, we're public servants, so if we're not serving the public, we're not doing our job. And the fact that that many people voted for me tells me that everyone agrees that it's important that we're listening to what the residents want. And that's that's been a big objective of mine is to be accessible to the residents and, and to really listen and not just hear what they're saying, but hear why they're saying mm-hmm. it and, and getting past the anger and really finding the solution to whatever problem that it's presented to me. When you tell people you're on the city council, what's their most common reaction? Um, mostly, oh, wow, what do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most people don't know what a city council person does. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fun job. It's a, an exciting job. But there's also a lot of, you know, mundane activities that we do. We're mm-hmm. just, you know, helping, you know, run, run a city. Mm-hmm. So. Any preconceived misconceptions about local government that you'd like to put to bed once and for all? Mm. Yeah, you know... As a city council member, we do have some leverage in what we can do. But the truth is, is I'm one person. There's five people on that council. And if if we want to get something done, we need consensus. Mm -hmm. So learning how to build that consensus among other council members to get things done. But also a misconception is we actually don't have as much local control as I feel that we should have. Mm -hmm. The state of California has so many fingers in the pot that there's only certain things that we can actually change. Mm -hmm. I wish it weren't so. I wish we had a lot more local control. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Anything in particular that you keep buttoned up against? Um, Well, we have been having some issues with transitional housing. Um, (laughs) There's the kids we were talking about. (laughs) We got a six-year-old and two four-year-olds. I don't know those kids and, are and those, a one-year-old. So. Are those monkeys? Or I, I don't know what's going on up there. As long as they're not playing doctor, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So transit transitional housing. Yeah. Um, currently, with transitional housing, we we've been having some issues with that, and and there's a lot of legislation that's happening at the state level that really limits 
local cities to be able to, to mm-hmm. do things to Im- improve that situation. Right. Um, it's that and, you know, all the, the taxes that are, you know, we're being taxed more and more. You know, we just had a uh, an increase in our gas tax. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the local city, we don't have any jurisdiction over that. We can't tell them, no, you're not going to tax our residents. Mm. There's just so much legislation coming down that we just have such limited control. It's, it's, it's disheartening because it ties our hands. The things that we actually want to accomplish, a lot of the things we can't do because we're, our hands are tied based on legislation. I'm not exactly sure how I can word that. There's just so much happening. I can't really line out the hundreds of things they're doing. Right. (laughs) So what's been the biggest triumph so far? Hmm. You know, there was something that was going on in uh, one of the riverbeds off of Tribuco and El Toro Road. The community in that area, they were having some really bad creek erosion problems. And it was spotlighted in the Orange County Register and the poor uh, gentleman that had reached out. He talked to the register and said that it was eroding so far, it was it was getting closer to property lines. They were actually worried about there you know, being a problem with with it affecting you mm-hmm. know, properties. So when I saw the article in the Orange County Register, I reached out to the gentleman and found out what was going on. And within a matter of a week or two of my first conversation with him, the county was about to put in this horrific fence, just a chain link fence, keeping residents out of this this area of the creek that they've always had access to. Mm-hmm. So he sent me a note on a Sunday I reached out to the city manager on Sunday night, and I had coincidentally had just met with the Orange County Board of Supervisors. I was able to get them to stop the fence, and I was in the offices of the Orange County Public Works Department that Monday, the day after we talked, and they stopped the fence. And now they're going to actually do something that's beneficial to the community, maybe some riprap rock to preserve the the creek bed, Mm -hmm. prevent erosion, but still giving residents the access to their creek that they've had access to for the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. To me, that was a huge triumph because... It was in that moment when I was sitting down with the director of public works at the county and they're actually listening to me, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I realized how much power I actually yeah. held. Not just concerned citizen anymore. Right. I wasn't no longer just a concerned citizen, right. you know, shaking my, you know. Long time listener, first time taller. Yeah. <laughs> right. So when they actually listened to me, I realized what a great benefit that is when someone has the power to do something good and uses it for good. So that, to me, that was a, a huge win, and I'm, I'm very glad for that community. There you go. Yeah. How about any failures or disappointments? Anything that comes to mind? Um, well, there are times where I, I'm disappointed in sometimes the way members of council conduct themselves. You know, I think that our role on city council, we need to lead by example. And the things that we say and the things that we do, we cannot expect to hold other people accountable when we're not willing to be the same person. You mm-hmm. know? So in some some ways there, you know, certain council people, I, I really would like to see better conduct for them. But the truth is, is I can only expect myself. Right to be who I am and hope that that will inspire others to do better. And I have noticed since I've joined council that the overall meetings have changed in a positive way where they used to be very angry and bickering. Contentious. Very contentious. I seem to be the diplomat 
in in the group and since since the cult there's been a huge culture shift since i've joined the council and i mm-hmm. and I, I like to believe that it is because i'm i'm trying to lead by example right i'm trying to you know listen and not pass judgment or be critical but hear everyone's perspectives and then find find a way to build consensus mm-hmm. so i it's there are some disadvantages but i'm turning it into a win right going forward how do you def- define success for yourself Oh, success is, it's not just a checklist of things that I've done. Right. It's a, it's a legacy I want to leave behind that when people think about these years, when I was on city council, they maybe they won't remember me, but they'll remember what I did. And I think that's far more important to, to leave something that my children can be proud of. As an example, you know, when I go to grand openings and I, I do things for the city, my boys come with me because, you know, stay-at-home mom, they're with me all the time. And at the end of an event, every time at the end, I will thank both of my boys for being good boys. And I say, thank you for helping mommy change the world. <laughs> and one day, my oldest came up to me and he said, mommy, I want to change the world just like you do. That is what I want to leave behind. People who are willing to step up and change the world. Awesome. It's not just grand openings and giant scissors. There's, <laughs> no, although that is very fun. Although that is fun. <laughs> so if this hadn't worked out, if you hadn't got elected, you know, you hadn't gotten involved in the local government, what do you think you'd be doing? Well, I'm actually still on the board of directors for my homeowners association. Okay. So I would continue doing that. And I would continue being a very active voice in the community. Became very well known when they... Um, caused all the problems with Saddleback Ranch Road. I became mm. very popular in my community because I was willing to, to fight the good fight, to, to be the leader and spearhead. So I probably would be doing something like that, but just more on a background level. I'm just really grateful that the residents saw the value in electing someone like me who's just a regular person, not a politician. I have, I have zero agenda. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this to as a stepping stone to do something else. Yeah. I'm doing this job because I want to do what's best for the city. We need more people like that. So I'm just, I'm just grateful that, that people saw that. Awesome. If someone's interested in getting involved in local politics, what should they do? Um, I think, first of all, they need to really connect with their own communities and find out if there are needs within those communities. That's how I got started. It wasn't that I was intending this to happen. Usually, I've often found that there's been catalysts, the reason why people get involved. People like me, regular people, get involved because of a catalyst, Mm -hmm. something that just eats eats at them and they want to see it fixed. Mm -hmm. So for those people, my advice is perseverance. If there's a if there's a problem that's going on in your community or in your life or whatever, you know, you take that and make it useful. Do something with it instead of just being a, you know, a backseat jockey and complaining about it. You don't get anything done until you actually put some feet on the pavement and walk it out and 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 stick to it. So that to me is my first advice. The second would be get connected with the right kind of people. I'm always available. I love talking to residents. I think the more active we get our residents involved in our community the better our community becomes so I, I try to be a resource to people you know to in fact I'm I'm mentoring a couple of people right now that are interested in in pursuing a future in you know public service so find people that you can connect with that can help mentor you through the process because there are a lot of things a lot of unknowns that you, you wouldn't have answers to unless you had that kind of a connection so. And we have the Leadership Academy here in Lake Forest where, where people can learn kind of a little bit more about how local governments work. Is this a common thing that cities do? 
I believe it is. I believe every city does something like this. And in fact, we have a leadership academy happening right now. If, if someone's interested in joining that academy, just pick up and, and call the city and, and see how you can get connected and, and register for one of those programs. They're actually really good programs. Not only does it tell you a, l- a little bit about the, our city, but it tells you how we are a microcosm of the, the bigger perspective of, of you know, local governance. Mm-hmm. A lot of very valuable information for anyone who's interested in future public service. Awesome. One thing I noticed was there are a lot of things that need fixing. Okay. There aren't enough doers to do the work. But the great thing about that is when someone decides to step up and and take that risk and leap out and and be a, a leader, you'll find that people will begin to follow you. And that's kind of what happened to me. I became kind of a, I wouldn't say a reluctant leader, but it just kind of fell in my lap. And there, the support from the community was really overwhelming. I, I was really surprised at how much people said, thank you. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy, but I put my support behind you and I'll help you get there. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the greatest risks, like stepping out in this kind of a capacity as mm-hmm. a leader, have the greatest rewards because then you just find how much people actually do appreciate that you're willing to fight the good fight and step in for them. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are scared. I think it's, yeah. you know, why am I going to go to my city council meeting? I'm just going to sit there. No one's going to know why I'm there. No one knows who I am. They don't care about what I have to say. I mean, I think people are a little nervous about the whole process. Yeah, definitely. They definitely are. And and I've seen it in, in public comments when people come before the council with issues. First of all, kudos to anybody who does come and speak to the council because that's really, it's nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. You're, you're standing out in front of everybody with a microphone and you're talking, you know. So it, it, taking those kinds of risks, it, it is frightening, but, but there is definitely a great reward in it because how else do you get things changed? How else do you do stuff unless you're willing to take those risks? Mm-hmm. All right, home stretch. Okay. What's some of the best advice you've ever gotten? Don't let anyone turn you into something you're not. Stand, be who you are. Don't let circumstances change who you are, and don't let anybody else interfere with your integrity. Because at the end of the day, you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Not that person or that group or somebody who's trying to get you to do something that you may not agree with. So that's advice for young kids as well as old. I mean, stand up and be who you are and and stand strong. And there's a proverb that came to my mind this last week because of a, a big situation that was happening. The proverb was, uh, the steps of a righteous man are sure. Mm-hmm. When you know who you are, when you know what you stand for, you stand strong. You stand firm in where you are. You believe in who you are and what you're doing. Nothing's going to deter you. Mm-hmm. What do you like to do for fun? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Stay-at-home mom, city council person. I, I'm sure sleep is wherever you can get it. Is that a hobby? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It's more of a pastime than a hobby, but... <laughs> I do. I definitely love my naps. The One of my favorite quotes is, no day is so bad that it can't be fixed with a with nap. With a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that, but I also... I, I'm a, a lifelong learner. I love, I love reading. I love studying. I get a my monthly subscription to Smithsonian Magazine kind of a nerd in yeah you. yeah 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 makes me feel smart right <laughs> i was a subscriber to the autonomous for a while and i really really enjoyed that but they're so dense and it was hard to get through one every week before the next one got there and i i couldn't keep up <laughs> but uh no i know what you're talking about yeah so i i love i love to learn i love to 
I love to teach. Obviously, I had wanted to be a teacher years ago. Right. So I, I work with my boys a lot. And we've, we've learned a lot of really great stuff, either American history. I'm teaching them foreign language. Just I love to learn. So I guess that's probably a big hobby of mine. Did and you end up making it to France? I did. Okay. I did. I was a, an exchange student for a period of time. I uh, got a s- partial scholarship to study at Sorbonne University in Paris. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Didn't take it, unfortunately. That's a whole other story <laughs> <laughs> for another time. But uh, yeah, so I love that. I love singing. I actually met my husband in the band at church. Mm-hmm. All those, what was that, 2006 I met him? Yeah, and we just started playing in the band together and fell in love. It's just a perfect way to meet somebody. Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, Paris is one of my favorite cities in the world. It's Ugh. just, there's, you could go to a new museum every day and just the streets are just beautiful and it's, it's amazing. It's, you could go to the same street every day at a different time of day yep. and it'd be a completely different experience. Definitely. Yeah. Love Paris. Anything you're excited about right now? Any movies you just saw, books you're reading, shows you're watching, albums that just came out that you're really listening to, anything like that? You know, it sounds very sad, but uh, the movie Sing is... <laughs> That's what the boys are into right oh now, seeing. Yeah, so we watch it, you know, at least once a day. So now all the songs <laughs> in the movie are on our our minds, and we had to buy the CD because my boys love the music. Yeah, and listen they, to it in the car. Yep, yep. Yep, and we play it at bedtime, and they're singing it all day long. It's really cute. So that's probably the the, the big one. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I am a homeschool mom, mm-hmm. not just a stay at home mom. So it's kind of a, a great adventure, and it it's it is it's work. But it, it's it's a love. It's not a hobby, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. You know, finding ways to inspire my children to want to learn. I, I love that. I love seeing the the glimmer in their eyes when they get a concept. When they when they love something so much, they want to study the heck out of it. I love that. So that's kind of the lifelong learner. I get to impart that on my children too. It's it's wonderful. All right. You watch Game of Thrones. No, no, I don't. I oh. j- it just wrapped up. So, but I did. There's a show that I really we finished watching that we loved. I don't know if you've heard of it. Turn, turn. No, Washington I don't know. spies. Okay. Uh, George Washington had a, a ring of spies during the American Revolution, so it was the story of the the Culper spy ring. Okay. Oh my gosh! If you get a chance to see that show, what's it on? It's on AMC. AMC. But, but you can see the first two seasons on Netflix. Okay. If you're a Netflix turn. person turn all right awesome you heard it here first <laughs> with all that we've talked about what inspires you to keep going how do you keep yourself motivated my boys just knowing that i'm i am being a good example to them the things that i do today they're seeing and they're going to take that in their lives and they're going to do great things because i'm doing great things feel free to change names here to protect the innocent <laughs> what's the most ridiculous request you've gotten from a citizen yet Oh, it sounds like there's many. (laughs) Okay. There's a, there's a gentleman who comes to all the city council meetings and he's very passionate about animal rights as am I, because you know, they're voice to the voiceless. Of course we want to help them, but he's, he's really upset with me now because I didn't, I didn't agree to do cat licensing in the city. Okay. And I didn't exactly say yes or no, but in a council meeting, he came up and said he 
thinks that all the cats in the entire city should be licensed. So I asked the staff, well, how much would that cost if we decided to do that? It turns out it's a deficit of $40 per cat. <laughs> so, it costs money to <laughs> license. So, so it, costs, it costs all of us $40 a cat to register cats. So, yeah. I mean, we're talking about probably $500,000 a year. Right in loss to the city to do that. So, you know, we got to make, take a look at what makes financial sense. So he's not my friend anymore. <laughs> You're an enemy of the feline I, nation. I, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you were able to go back to the start of the journey, anything you'd tell yourself? Um, probably um, perseverance and be in prayer a lot more. There have been uh, things that have been clearly spiritual battles during my my walk through the Saddleback Ranch Road issue, the first recall that went through through my candidacy, all the way into being a council person. You know, it, it, I hate to say it, but I, I always feel like I have to be kind of on guard because everything I say and everything I do is now under public scrutiny. Right. So that adds an, an extra component to your everyday life that, you, I mean, you actually literally have to think about what will, will my actions be in the newspaper the next day? Right. So it completely changes how you live your life. I imagine. <laughs> so I would say that would probably be the thing is, is definitely spend more time in prayer and, and just listen to what what God has planned. That's the only way you can really stick through it. <laughs> Any last words of advice? Life art, creativity, parenting, local government, being a good citizen, anything? You can't expect others to do the right thing when you're not willing to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So I strive to live my life above reproach. I do my very best to try to live a, a good life, to be the good example to my children, be a good example to my husband and my family. If, if there were more people in the world willing to stand strong in who they are and, and to live, live a, a, a righteous life, so to speak, imagine what kind of change we could have on this world without even having to raise a finger. Mm -hmm. well, that's great advice. Thank you. Leah, this has been really fun. It's been great to follow your journey to the city council. Now you are vice mayor, mayor pro tem. So mm -hmm. congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for putting the uh, shade structure over the park. So I <laughs> won't get a uh, sunburn pushing my one-year-old anymore. I can't take full credit for that, but you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leah Basil, city council member for the great, amazing city of Lake Forest and mayor pro tem. Uh, you can find her on Facebook if you search a better council for Lake Forest. And if you want to learn more about Late Forest, that's lateforestca.gov. Leah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This has been the Maslow Pete Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. Our producer is Jesse Edmond. I'm Brett Griffin. That's our kids upstairs making a bunch of noise. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for putting up with that, everybody. If you liked what you heard today, you can find all of our episodes on the web at themaslowpete.com, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud to have new episodes automatically pushed to you. If you can rate and review the show, that helps us a lot. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Maslow Peak. Thanks for listening, and you'll be hearing from us soon.